This is Graham Wardle. Mark Friesen. This is Marty Up North. This is Alex Craner. I'm Rupa Subramania. This is Tom Luongo, and you're listening to the Sean Newman Podcast. Welcome to the podcast, folks. Happy Thursday. How's everybody doing today? Today's episode brought to you by Silver Gold Bull. North America's premier precious metals dealer with state-of-the-art distribution centers in Calgary and Las Vegas. They ensure fast, fully insured, discreet shipping right to your doorstep and offer a diverse set of services, including buyback, wholesale, registered savings, IRA accounts, RRSP, and TFSA, as well as storage and refining solutions. You can trust them to elevate your precious metal investment journey with unrivaled expertise, unparalleled convenience, and your prosperity and security are their top priority, making Silver Gold Bull the go-to choice for all your precious metal needs. SilverGoldBull.ca. You go there, right to your doorstep, stick it in a stocking for Christmas. Bada bing, bada boom, you're done. Alan Huco, Cactus Environmental. They've been in business for almost 30 years, providing environmental consulting, assessment, and monitoring to pre-construction, construction, reclamation, and spills. Cactus Environmental is your local supplier for EM surveys. That's electromagnetic, as well as phase one, twos, and threes. You can get a hold of them, 306-821-7541 or allen.cactus at sastel.net. If you haven't tuned into uh, Substack and all the exclusive content, we hope we'll uh, convince you to come on over and take a look at it. Right now, it is free, so all you got to do is just hop on over there. You can uh, toss your email in, get updates when new ones come out. It is not every day of the week. It's uh, right now. It's roughly one or once or twice um, uh, 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 an ep- uh, a week. Sorry, uh, we'll have a bonus or an exclusive from an episode, and you can find that all on Substack. And uh, we hope to uh, to see you over there. Now. Let's get on to that uh, tale of the tape brought to you by Hancock Petroleum. For the past 80 years, they've been an industry leader in bulk fuels, lubricants, methanol, and chemicals delivering to your farm, commercial, or oil field locations. For more information, visit them at HancockPetroleum.ca. The first on March 16th, 2021, was severely injured by her COVID-19 Pfizer vaccination and was immediately taken to the ER after losing full control of her limbs and experiencing a serious anaphylactic response. The second is the owner of Heartwood Media, a Nelson-based business. Together, they've been working on Invisible Fences, a documentary which follows Kristen on her journey of recovery. I'm talking about Kristen Ditzel and Jamie Killen. So buckle up. Here we go. Welcome to the Sean Numa podcast. Uh, today I'm joined by Kristen Ditzel and Jamie Killen. So, ladies, we uh, we finally met up in uh, in uh, Salmon Arm of all places. Uh, so, shout out to Gary for for putting that together, and then slowly but surely things come together. And here you sit on this side in my world. Um, how are the ladies doing? How are we doing? We actually haven't seen each other for. A few weeks because Kristen has been out of town. She went out east to go see some family. So we've barely caught up. She's only been home for a couple of days. So, uh, yeah, I don't know how she's doing. How are you doing? <laughs> hour by hour. Right now, I'm in this in this hour right now. I feel like I'm doing pretty good. Two hours ago. Not the best. It's with my life, it always comes in waves, right? It's funny. Uh, hey, uh, I haven't seen you in a couple of weeks. Uh, you want to do a podcast together and just see how it's going? <laughs> yeah. First of all, go. It's like, yeah, sure. That that sounds like a great way. Let's go for a coffee, you know, pop a couple things, and we'll just hop on. Away we go. Yeah, yeah we're super organized in yeah. our life that way. <laughs> well, uh, you know, 
The Invisible Fences documentary that is set to come out at some point. I don't know, and we can get deep into that. Uh, um, I think some people have heard about it, probably more than I give credit. But I'm also going to assume there's a few people who have never heard of you two ladies. And uh, I guess let's let's tell a story. Like I, you know, uh, I got to hear it firsthand. And um, and then if you haven't seen the movie trailer, I'll tag that folks in the uh, the show notes. That way you can just click on it and go, you know, if you want to do that, you can probably just pause right here and go watch the five minutes and um, and get a feel for what they're they're creating. But Kristen and Jamie, you know, you two have uh, talked about this lots. I don't know how you want to do it, but you two are sitting side by side. Tell us the story. Let the audience in on 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 what's, you know, the lead up and the journey of this thing. You're looking at me. Why are you looking at me? Well, we have been friends for 20 years. We live in this nice, cozy town, Nelson, British Columbia, and we worked at a restaurant together, met, and immediately realized that we were just like meant to be sisters for life. And um, with that, you know, there's been like raising our children and going through divorces and marriage and everything that comes with it. And then in 2020, 2021, 2021. Yeah. In 2020, um, everything hit the fan. Oh yeah. Well, COVID hit the fan. Right. I got a divorce. And so we had had, I got a COVID divorce and Jamie got a COVID baby. Really? So yeah, yeah. it was really not how we planned on spending that year. Not at all. Mm Yeah. Yeah. But it was yeah. funny. We were going to have t-shirts made that said, like, I got a COVID divorce. And she was like, I got a COVID baby. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny when you when you say those two things. So you wonder how many kids were born in that year. A lot, I bet. Yeah. Right? Like, there was a ton of COVID babies. It's like, what? We're home together? All right. Here we go. And on the flip side, yeah. it, the, the other side. and so many divorces. It, Right. Well, yeah, it forced couples mm-hmm. to have to come to turn. Well, and I can't speak for 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 you, Kristen, but uh, it there's enough that went around in my periphery where you know couples, and certainly my my wife and I, you know, you had to come to terms with some things. You know, like it was like, okay, we better talk through some things, and a lot of couples right. had to deal with that. So it's actually, you know, it's, I'm like, oh, that's wow, that's kind of something actually. But you might epitomize what that year was for a lot of couples. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, it ended up being a really positive year and, you know, really positive for my family. (laughs) Right. Like it, it, my husband and I were married for 20 years, so it was just a good choice for the family. And we had a lot of healing. Yeah. I mean, you've come through it really strong. Yeah. That aspect. I I mean, in most aspects. Right. I had really got to the point in the spring of 21 where I felt like wow, I've yeah. done some work, Yeah, right? you're like, really healing. Give me a ribbon, you know? <laughs> like, I came through this wrong. I'm ready to, like, go out into the world. And mm-hmm. then March 16th, I my acupuncture clinic that I, I worked at got our email that we could go in and get our COVID shots. Mm-hmm. I was hesitant to do it. Before we get to the COVID I shot, can I, yeah. oh, I apologize. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, you no. know. No. I'm, do your thing. I'm curious because actually now that I think about it, you got divorced before the vaccines. Mm-hmm. And actually, when I think about it, a ton of people got divorced after the vaccines because they were like, yes. I'm not taking that. And one's like, why are you, are you crazy? Like, I can just, you know, back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. Was it was it I don't mean to pry and you can tell me to fly no, a kite. Okay, but, but what was it about 2020 that boiled it over or split it apart or whatever word you want to use? 
that that was it because for so many it was actually the vaccine it was like this is yeah. the hill to die on what was it in 2020 i think it had just really run its course mm -hmm. and i think it was just the world was in transition and so we ended up being in transition yeah and you know he was working constantly he owned a restaurant um he was working nonstop, and yeah, you were I just wasn't into, working. It was, just it was two diff different worlds, just different places, yeah. right? And then I think with everything going on, it was just like it all just kind of came to a head. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, you're right. It just it ran its course, and it seemed like the 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 time to do it. Okay, well, fa fast forward. I, I just I just wanted to pause there yeah. for one quick second. I'm oh, like, no, I love it. Otherwise, I'm going to sit there with that in the back of my head the rest of the conversation. So, you know, and, and interestingly enough, it was the was vaccine that, say that brought, that brought them back together yeah. because her injury actually, like, helped heal that, like, Animosity. The, the pain that was still lingering between them and brought them together in this super supportive role, right? Yeah. And so now they're back in this really – Healthy, healthy place where they can, you know, raise their kids together and talk about things openly. And it's been really great for you guys. Oh, yeah. 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 So that's interesting, too. Who would have thought? Well, actually, you oh, know, like when you when you think about that thought, you know. That's a deep thought. When you when you just right. take a step back, I actually don't even know the like it's it, like immense mm -hmm. amount of pain yeah. brought you back because like, you know, I just yeah. run its course. And yet. When he when you got injured, he didn't go. Well, fuck you, and out the door he went, and he don't care. He's like, holy shit, I right? actually really care about you, and I don't want you to be hurt. And I can, I'm I'm ad libbing here, like I actually know what he said, but just off of what you two yeah. were talking about, it was yeah. it um to me it's like it refocused things that he cared about, or maybe you cared about, maybe you both yeah. cared about, and mm -hmm. that's an interesting thought, uh, Kristen and Jamie for that Isn't matter. It it is interesting. And he ended up like revamping his entire business around all of that mm -hmm. because he owned a, he owns a restaurant, right? So it just impacted all sorts of aspects of his life yes. in lots of different ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He, he had an open rule, right? And he, he changed his whole restaurant to be cafeteria style. So he had... Um, he stopped selling alcohol so right? that he did so that he could let anybody come in so that it wasn't restrictive right for people with the passports and stuff how did that, yeah. how did that make you feel you know at the time i was um so injured that yeah. i couldn't necessarily comprehend everything that was happening sure. but as i've come out of it i've had pieces of guilt over how much it affected him, how much of his life it affected. Um, you know, in a small town, there's lots that, that goes in with making a decision like that. And then I also have immense gratitude for this human that, you know, like we've raised children together and to come together after something as traumatic as a divorce and show your kids that, hey, we are still family and we are willing to like do whatever push the limits too yes. right like screw what everyone else says you know i'm going to protect myself and my family in the way that is best for me and yeah. it was really scary like what kristen went through was i was terrified and i've known you for 20 years and they've been together longer than that 
So I know who I felt when she was injured. I can only imagine um, how compounded that was for him, right? Mm -hmm. Have you yeah, have you since talked to him about like all the monstrous changes he made to his business and things like that? You know, we talk about it. Not really, though. You know, you know, he's not much of a talker. <laughs> you know what, though? You know, uh, uh, ladies, uh, it's funny. Right. I, I've been doing this now. Yeah. I've been doing this now for close to five years, and I've interviewed a lot of t people that aren't much of talkers. And yet, he just did something mm -hmm. profound that it has my curiosity so peaked that I'm just like, yes. Why? Well, interesting, right? Like, why did right? you do that? What What was going on in yeah. your world? You, you might maybe he won't talk about it. Or maybe you might you know, find something funny. just like mesmerizing in what he says about how he felt and how he thought about it at that time. I have no idea. Yeah. And you have to you have to feel very strongly about something to be able to act in that manner as well. Like to actually like follow through with losing the finances. Yeah, risking the reputation. loss of of what all of that entails and literally having the entire we live in a very small town, having a lot of people not support you in that as well, right? Like ridicule you and scold you and shame you for for doing something um, that benefits yourself and your family, right? Like it, it is just, yeah, it was very interesting. Mm -hmm. It was really hard to go through for sure for, for you and your kids. Yeah. yeah. I wonder. It, it is, it's, it's pretty fascinating how um, it does go full circle like that, right? You'll have to have them on your podcast. I'm, I'm honest to, honest to God, ladies, yeah. I might. Just because to me, yeah. um, you know, like yeah. I can't I can't see inside his brain. And certainly we, we got to get to the story here. But I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> this guy, this guy gets divorced. All right. And, mm -hmm. you know, and you, you separate and you're always going to be connected with kids and whatever. And you see these divorces. Some can work out. Some can't. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. It goes back and forth, but then we go through one of the darkest years in human history. Arguably, I don't think many people argue that in our lifetime. I can't think we're darker year. And you really found what people were made out of. And now, Kristen, you got dealt yes. the shittiest of hands. The only shittier, uh, I'm sure there's there's a couple darker places it could have went where it snuffs out the light. But like overall, um, and once again, I want you to tell it. I'm just like, here's a guy that. I don't even know how people could ridicule. I'm like, I live in a small town. What a wild thing to ridicule a guy mm -hmm. whose ex-wife gets a, almost a vaccine, almost, almost dies, and then they're going to be like, well, I'd still like my beer, you know? And uh, why can't you do yeah. It's like, how about you eat shit? How about that? Yeah. It wasn't even about the beer. It was about, I don't want to sit next. I don't want to sit next to someone that may not be safe. Yeah, but she took yeah. the shot. Right. It's like... Yeah. This or, this is what he was letting everyone sure, in. Sure, that sure. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. It's yeah, just it's sure. just wild. It's just a really strange and time. Nobody looked at him and thought, "Oh, this is a human that mm -hmm. almost lost the mother of his children." Yeah. People just looked at him and thought, "Well, I'm not doing that in my business. Don't you have mm -hmm. any morals? Like, how mm -hmm. can you just let these people in there?" Instead of, you know, in like we actually had this there's this business in town. And he had catered their family Christmas parties. Mm -hmm. And we had them go online and just slaughter him. And so that's just not really yeah, how you shaming him in social media. Take and... care of community, right? Like you think that yeah. when you're in a community that you're there to support the people that have 
had businesses with you for, you know, 15 years that you would, you know, check in and say, how are you doing? And it, it was really, it was really disgusting. Yeah. yeah, it was a very, yeah, very shameful. strange time. Well, you tell him, if nothing else, at some point, I'd even take a phone call because I just love to pick his brain and just like oh, and, and just grill grill him on it because I find that fascinating. Yeah. Now, yeah. I keep interrupting. It's March 2021. Walk me through it. Mm -hmm. That was the day. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I didn't really, I didn't want to get the shot. I didn't trust it yet. You know, I'm in natural medicine. I just kind of had that feeling of, ugh, I'm just going to do it. Yeah, I didn't even know. Yeah, and she tells me you. everything, and she didn't even tell me she was going. Yeah. I was surprised after I found out. It was and super your mom was surprised minute. too, right? Yeah. yeah. Super last minute, signed up, and I just thought I'm getting it out of the way. I don't want to deal with it. There was a lot of drama in my medical circle about people wanting to get it. I just felt like I just came out of this dark time in my life. I'm not in the mood to bring more drama into my life. I'm just going to do it. Whatever is fine. So because I had such a strong feeling for it, I don't feel like I've ever had a thought of why did this happen sure. to me? Because I really feel mm -hmm. like I was driven that day to do it. There is a reason that this happened to me. Um, you know, there's multiple reasons why it happened. But I showed up on site and dropped 20 minutes after the shot. I lost full control of my limbs and essentially, um, oh God, yeah, it was rough. <laughs> you know, you know, what, you know, I said this to you too in person, but Kirsten, one of the things that's like, I just don't know how you do it, right? Like, um, I've interviewed now a few different, uh, Vaccine gendered, and I should I should say that the blooms were actually pretty, pretty incredible. A young girl who'd gotten it to play um, high end hockey, and then and then had the body spasms and a whole bunch of, whole bunch. Now she's like back, like you know, like she's made really close to a full recovery. Yeah, like a wild, wild. But their 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 um ability to like play off each other, almost similar to you, except it was a father daughter, and 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 make the best of a horrible situation, if you would was like, this is yeah. interesting. And when I met you two in person, I'm like, how is this? I remember me and Ted being like, how is this lady this like, we can't get people who've got everything going on in life this happy. And here and here <laughs> yeah. she's like, you know, making a joke as she can't get over the, the cord line to get on the stage. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, we'll get you over it. No worries. Like, you know, like, and here you two we are. Joke. Yeah, we joke a lot of the time that Kristen's resting bitch face is actually just a smile. Yeah. <laughs> it's true yeah because she she you are like you i mean she definitely <laughs> is not always cheery she's definitely not always cheery. we have really really sad times and we do try to make the, the best of it yeah right i mean if you can't laugh about your limitations and the things going on within your life then where do you go from there right yeah. straight down that dark hole and we've right? both been there and it did not yeah. serve us and I think that that's the whole thing. When you're faced with the fact that you might die, like this crossed my blood brain barrier and was attacking multiple areas of my brain. And over the course of those, say, first eight months, I could actually feel those areas of my body dying. And because I have a medical background, I understood what was happening. And as different areas were getting affected, different symptoms were coming. So I started 
presenting like Parkinson's, you know, I started getting MS presentations. I lost the ability to speak, you know, my tongue would twist on me, my convulsions and shaking were nonstop. And I couldn't lift my head for three months, right? Like I couldn't actually lift my head to look Mm -hmm. at my children. So, you know, it was months after when I even recognized that I hadn't been making Mm -hmm. eye contact with people. So when you're in such a dark space, I wanted to kill myself every single day. And not because I didn't love my life, I didn't love my kids, I didn't love my family. It wasn't an emotional thing. It was purely because I was trying to escape the death of my body. And so I had this screaming in my head for months. Mm -hmm. And when you come out of something so dark, it's a gift, number one, and it just gives you perspective. We do not have a guarantee that we will have another day. And with me, I feel like I don't have a guarantee that in three hours I'm going to be okay. I'm forced to live in the moment because my symptoms are so variant. Everything is up and down. I don't really have a choice but to sit with that attitude Yeah, because it hurts too much. You know? And there are so many pieces of your life that have changed and and so many things that you no longer have access to yeah so if we spend or you spend all of your time focused on those things like we we still really want to have some moments of normalcy totally and when we laugh that feels normal right Mm -hmm. when we have moments where we're joking about ridiculous things like her trying to jog Uh, ladies, or, didn't you know dark humor? That's not allowed anymore. You know, that's uh, somewhere somewhere right? that's racist or some other term, right? Exactly. Someone We're somewhere is someone. A, someone somewhere is a, but really, like it gets us through. Otherwise, we're just sad. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And like it's and we, that doesn't work. It just doesn't work. And we need we just we need that. We need each other. We yeah. need to have love and and hope and happiness and. Even though your life is like restricted in a lot of ways, you can still have those moments. And if I was to live in that state all the time, Mm -hmm. then I'm not showing up for my children that this has happened to. And I'm not showing up for my parents. You know, like I would say witnessing the effect of being injured, what that did to my mother and father and my step parents was almost more traumatic than what had happened to me. When you watch the mental health crisis that your parents go through when they think you're going to die and when they don't know how to help you, you know, I can't sit in a place of darkness and watch that on their face, right? It's devastating. That's, yeah, that's awful, you know? And so in that, you just start, acting with joy, (laughs) right? You know, sometimes it seems false. Sometimes it gets me through Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's a coping mechanism. Yeah. Right. Partially denied. But it's a, (laughs) I don't know, you know, whether it's sure. I I don't know. You're probably right. Coping mechanism. I, I look at it and I'm just like, what a, what a beautiful message. You know, like that has come out of something you you talk about three months of being in a place where every day you want to commit suicide, like you just want to escape your dying body. I'm like, oh, you know, I read a book 
geez, when was this? It was the the bell and the butterfly. I think it was the diving bell and the butterfly. It's about a guy who got had a had a had a. I think it was a stroke, and yes. lost his entire body except for he could blink one eye, I believe. And he yes. wrote a book through that. And I'm like, yes. Like think about that. Like <laughs> I think about that book every. I day. can't believe you know what that book is. I'm like, how the heck do you know what that book is? Of course you do. Like I mean, yeah. I read. He used to read a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I used to read like books that weren't so trashy. <laughs> now, now it's a little now different. A- but I think about that every day, right? Mm-hmm. And then there was another woman that had a stroke around the same time that that book came out, and she, they wired a computer with her thought proceeds, so she got to write a book. Hmm. So you know, I can talk, I can walk, I no longer use a cane, I can sit up, I have. So much more than so many people. And compared to where she was within those first three to six months after her shot is, I mean, you're, she's not better. And right now she's heavily medicated to do this podcast, <laughs> right? Like you look at her and you're like, well, she's we, okay. we shouldn't laugh. She's <laughs> taken a lot of medication so that she can speak clearly and sit without bouncing and stuff, right? So, um, but from where she was, back then to where you are now it is a huge there are a lot of so many improvements could you talk jamie could you uh you know like um oh man i remember um my best friend lost his older brother on his birthday this is like this is probably like 20 years ago i remember getting a phone call in like the middle of the night and the the level of fear and like i know i have no idea where they are and i didn't know what was going on i was young enough that i was kind of like what the heck was that about but you knew something was wrong and um, the level of panic in one, if you would, um, when when you go back to to hearing about uh, Kristen, you know, and that, and then the th- three to six months, as you put it, you know, hearing Kristen say, you know, I was in this dark place, I couldn't lift my head up, I couldn't do all these things. Can you tell us just from your side, like seeing that, you know, you, you you've been friends for twenty years, you know, I I've seen the. Uh, I think it's in the, I can't remember if you guys told me this or if it was in the movie trailer. It might have been in the trailer about like her smile and when you first saw it and you guys just kind of hit it off and you're like, oh yeah, this is a friend for life kind of thing. Seeing a friend for life in this position, can you just walk us through um, what you were seeing from from the person standing watching and, and I don't know, um, seeing what was going on from, from that angle, I guess. Um, well, try and talk about it without sobbing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was really horrible. I, I had just had a baby. So my baby was born on January 24th and Kristen was injured on March 16th. So I, and it was like in the middle of all this COVID BS still, right? Like, so I was trapped at home with this newborn and I couldn't go anywhere. Um, so when she first told me about it, I, I think she, you call, she called me or texted me and said she was going to the hospital because mm-hmm. she had a reaction. And I was like, what do you mean you had a reaction? Like, what, what kind of reaction? Like, you can react? Like, I had no clue what was going on. And then it was like, oh, it was an anaphylactic response. Like, you know, I, I had a uh, swollen tongue and some hives and then my legs went numb and I was like, what? Okay. But she's like, don't worry, I'm fine. You know, I'm just going to get some Benadryl and they'll send me home. And I was like, okay. 
And then um, it was within a couple of days after that, like she, so she went once to the hospital and they gave her Epi and Benadryl and then they sent her home. And I, and the next day she was like, okay, I'm, I'm okay. I'm going to the, going to get a Manny Petty with Jasmine, her daughter for her birthday. Like, you know, everything's fine. I feel, I feel okay. And then it was like right around the 24 hour mark after like the Epi and the Benadryl wore off. Um, she started to react again. So then she was like, I have to go back to the hospital. Something's wrong. I was like, what? And that's when I started to freak out. Like I I was worried at first, but then I was like, she didn't seem that worried. Right. And she's got a medical background. So I was like, okay, well, she knows more about this stuff than me. Um, but when she had to go back again, I was like, what is happening? And, um, I think it was, the day after that, maybe I was like, I've got to get to her. Like I was trying to sort out my baby and my kid and my other daughter. I have another daughter and my husband. And um, and so I came down to see her. And when I got here, whew, I was not expecting what I saw. So she was curled up. Whew, okay. She was curled up in a ball on her couch with her head like stuck down like this. And she was like, my jaw just really hurts. And she couldn't look at me. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I was I was just shocked. I wasn't expecting to see her in pain. I wasn't expecting to see her immobile. Um, and I wasn't expecting her to be, like, looking really sick and bad. Um, so then I, I got super worried. I was like, this is not okay. Something's wrong. And then... I think later that day, it might have been later that day or the next day, I'm not sure, some other friends came by and she like had this episode where she just collapsed Mm -hmm. and they were like back to the hospital. Mm -hmm. And then she was back in the hospital for a week Mm -hmm. and I had no access to her. It was it was so awful The, the all the protocols, no one was allowed in. She was basically on lockdown in the hospital and then she wasn't answering my messages like we talk every day, like multiple times a day. Um, and she was like, I can't read my phone. So I was getting these messages and I should dig them out. Um, but they weren't making sense. Like her messages weren't making sense to me. Um, and then she said she couldn't read. Like she said, I can't play my math game on my phone and like my eyes feel weird. And, and they just kept keeping her another day and keeping her another day and keeping her another day. And it was like, I, I was devastated. I actually like, she didn't really want her family to know at that point because we didn't know what was going on. And I just called them. I'm like, I'm scared. Something's happening. Um, I don't know what to do. Like, I can't go in because I'm not family, right? And, like, I just was so terrified for for her. I was just – I didn't know what was going on. It was awful. So I called her parents and her dad came out and I think your brother and – Um, but yeah. And ever since then, like every day I'm fear, I'm fearful. I have less fear now. Um, but I, I, um, I come and check on her every day or I I call her every day. Right. Like I've talked about this before, but when I come in, when I don't hear from her in the morning, I send her a message and then I send her, I even did it today. Sent her a message because we have a podcast today. How's your morning? How are you? No response, right? And then an hour later, how are you? Are you up? No response, right? And then I start to panic because I'm like, did something happen? Did something shift? Did, you know? Um, so then I call and she answers and she's like, oh, my phone didn't ding, right? <laughs> and and you were like, ready to like j- jump through the phone. <laughs> 
Oh, I have driven here and come in her house and run up her stairs to make sure that she's alive, right? And I get to the top of the stairs and I can't really see her face because she's in bed. And I just hold my breath, like waiting to see her comforter move, you know, to see the signs of her breathing, right? Like, I don't mean to laugh at it. I mean to, I mean to like be like, you dang friend, text back, you know? Like, stop listening to your podcast. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And how lucky am I that I had someone to call my family and to, I had these troops come in. You know, Jamie and a group of women in my life, they made sure my bills were paid. They made sure that, you know, I didn't lose my house. They made sure my kids had food, that, you know, my pets were okay. Like they had to take care of, I was 100% a dependent, right? And I'm so lucky that I have a community. You know, I'm so lucky that I have a best friend that checks on me because those are the things that really pull you out, right? I don't know what would have happened. Well, I think we... we, well, we I we... can't function without you, so it's pretty selfish, actually. I'm just like... <laughs> <laughs> it's about you. No! <laughs> it's, it's just about me. I just, like, need you to be alive so that I can function. Well, I mean, it's it's pretty easy to see where it leads if you don't have community around you. You know, like uh, I was just literally saying this on a podcast. I don't know. They're all mumbling, jumbling together. But uh, one of the things, you know, when they talk about like all this craziness going on in the world and we're, are, we, are we heading for World War Three? I don't even know, you know, and you just you can get down these like really dark roads. So what can we do about it? And the amount of times I've heard community, you, you just have to build a community. You have to have people that look out for you. Because if the worst comes, or and the worst doesn't mean a nuclear bomb, the worst could mean food supply. It could mean, it could just mean the heat goes out for a couple of days, you know. But that is the you know getting that fixed immediately, or or what have you, can mean the difference between um, a lot of pain and, and suffering, or life getting to move along, you know, in a different way, but maybe not with all the needless pain, if you would. And uh, the the community thing, I think, is a huge. It, it just be. It's. I'm just. I probably am just hearing it more and more and more. Uh, community, this community, that. You know, and and to me, you either pay attention to that or you're overlooking something really important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So where does invisible fences a start? Like, did you have the thought partway through? Like, I got to start filming her. Or was it, I don't know, walk me through this because like, uh, you know, I can just imagine, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, Kristen, but I can just imagine, stop filming me, would you? Like I just, can I just lay here, play my game, you know, not answer my phone? I wasn't conscious enough at yeah. that point. She didn't even know I was no. filming her half the time. <laughs> there, there was like a whole feed between them of like, did you see her do this? Like I, I was really not on this planet for a long time. So mm-hmm. I missed out on a lot of the beginning things going on. Yeah. And yeah. I just like got permission one day to record some of the stuff that was going on. And then after that, I didn't ask anymore. I just, I just turned my phone on my camera, whatever. And I was like, I'm just going to film everything it because film everything, uh, a, because it was 
super messed up what was happening to her. Like if I wasn't sitting in front of her watching the things that were going on with her body, I'm not sure I would have believed it. Mm -hmm. So we've had a lot of people call Kristen a fake, a liar, an actor, all these things. But where can I can I ask on that? Where where are they calling you? On social, oh, media? on social media, yeah, fuck social yeah. media. Social media is and, a bunch and, and of in our, in our, and in our community, really, in yeah. the small town that we a live lot in. Of yes. Oh my god, yeah, it's just it's yeah. sad, and you know, people and that's their shit. Will believe what they want to believe, but I mean, we're just going to keep talking about our truth and our life. It's our, it's Kristen's real story. It's our experience. So, yeah, really. Um, but and the doctors, right? Like mm-hmm. we would tell the doctors you know, her foot was shaking for three hours and it wouldn't stop. And they would be like, what? Like, okay, nobody believes us that this is happening. So I'm going to record it and then we'll show it to the doctor so that he at the ER, whatever, because we were there all the time. Look at this. This is not normal. Like, can you help, you know, figure this out? So that's how it started. It started with just like, because one day her hand was up here and it was just like, (laughs) Twitching like this, right? So I'm like, well, right? And then what? what? Yeah. And then one day her tongue just flipped upside down and it was stuck there for hours and she couldn't talk when she sounded like this. I don't don't understand. How does your tongue flip upside down? We don't know. Well, I mean, essentially there's like swelling in my brainstem, right? So when you have so much swelling, it just triggers different nerve reactions. And one of the things that's common for me is my tongue goes. So now I know that. But at the time, we thought, oh, great. Now I'm having. So just like a foot cramp, you get a foot cramp. You're like, now I got the tongue tongue flipped. Oh, crap. I'm just going to sit here. Can somebody grab me? Somebody grab me a popsicle or something. This got to go down in a little bit. Seriously, It's funny, too, because a lot of it happens. Like if you know the the dynamics of the fascial chains in the body, a lot of it happens when I do anything that stretches the back of my body. And so it just triggers this nerve response. And so we were, they were doing construction on my road. My house was really loud. I was shaking like crazy. I, Jamie was just like, I got to get you out of there. So we went to this quiet little spot and we're paddle boarding. Like I'm not standing on my board for more than two seconds. Cause that's I don't a, think we that's stood at danger. All. We stand. <laughs> but you know, we're having this great time. And then we get out of the water and or we're, we, we're off our boards. We're in the water. And I just did a squat in the water. So I Mm. activated that posterior chain of my body. And then when I did that, my tongue was gone. Right. So it comes at the most ridiculous times. Mm -hmm. And it's weird because her injury. And then, and, but for the first year you didn't have that. No, no. And then all of a sudden it happened. Right. And we were like, holy shit, this is messed. Right. So we went straight to the ER Yeah, and they didn't know what to do. And they doped her up with a ton of medication, and it was actually really it, it's funny. It's really funny. They gave There's her, some I think, good good video footage of that. A little bit too much. So then she was, like, laughing, and her tongue was flipped, and she was trying to get up the stairs. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but they just don't know what to do, right? They're like, here, take some meds, and hopefully that relaxes you enough to let it go back to the way it was. But And I think it eventually did, but it yeah, definitely like didn't work right like away. 16 hours, yeah. and then, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah very odd so you're talking anyway so- no 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 sorry finish your thought anyway so that is how the process of the film began was just oh, yeah. like that's what we we're, <laughs> were talking about <laughs> it's just like recording these weird things that were happening to her because nobody was believing what was going on and we were just like well look so follow her walk for a block and look at her she ends up totally. smushed against a 
wall and she's just like stuck there. What? What? Oh, yeah. What was that? A truck would go by and her whole body would just like veer off away from the truck and she'd be hiding in a bush or she'd be up, <laughs> up against like a house. And I'm like, where are you going? And she's like, I, I don't, don't know. know. Her body it, would just like react and it would just move. And, and it, it happened weird. before I have a conscious understanding of what's happening. Yeah. So we would be walking, you know, at first when I couldn't walk a lot, we just walk around my block right yeah that's like, as far as you could go walk around the block mm-hmm. and then suddenly i'm hiding in a bush and yeah. we're like what is happening and then a car would go by so my brain had picked up and registered that there was mm-hmm. danger because it heard a sound and a car was coming by a really loud truck but i didn't know what was happening so i'm just you know a 45 year old woman hiding in a bush <laughs> like ridiculous stuff there's really funny there's some buildings downtown where you know they have um like sparkly tiles on it and every time i walked by it i would like scale the building because Mm -hmm. i i for some reason my brain couldn't process how to walk by like the sparkly tiles like the weirdest weirdest most fascinating stuff so that is it the is thing, very interesting right? the, like, the neuro- neurological stuff like the way that your brain reacts to yeah you. i'm sure you ladies like i'm sure you've thought about this lots but i'm just trying to remind myself that this is like two and a half years ago this is right yeah, at basically yeah. the beginning of the rollout of the vaccine they're oh, yeah. saying mm-hmm. oh they're not saying anything really they're not saying oh this is vaccine related they're not they're not like going holy crap we got to stop this immediately you know you you put this in the context of all and once again, I just go. Like, I just think back to uh, Adam Conrad was was um, a fishing guide out of Saskatchewan. I had on who'd been vax injured, and he was getting like rushed to uh, ER to get like shocked. Like I forget how many times that happened. Then he had to have surgery because of like what was going on. And I, you know, I you kind of like go like I believe the story. I can't believe the story because it's so like. It's so wild, you know. It's bizarre. And the fact that I kept stumbling upon these, but now I'm now I'm sitting here and I'm going like, okay, so this is over two and a half years ago. This is right at the rollout of it because you're um, you're in the medical field, which means you got it earlier than everyone else. Way before other people. Way before you have this huge else, yeah. reaction, and the entire community turns its back on you. Yeah, well, I mean, not the entire community. Not the entire community. In the beginning, people just knew I was injured. So Mm -hmm. people didn't comprehend how controversial it was going to be. So I actually had this massive outpouring of support. I had a massive GoFundMe that literally paid for my family to live for a year. If it wasn't for that support in the beginning, I mean, I would have lost my house. Sure. Without a doubt. It was slowly while I continued to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm not okay. Hey, I met this person and they're injured. Once our world blew up and we realized that there were so many of us out there, the fact that we had the audacity to talk about it is what became the problem. Yeah. And for the first three months, she said nothing, right? And I was like, we should, you know, we should say something. This is really like, weird. Nope. But it's not it wasn't my call. It's not my body. It's not what's going on with me. And and it was a scary time. People were like really afraid of lots of things. And she, you know, chose not to say anything, and that's okay, right? But after we found other people that were injured, then we were both like, 
we need to speak. What is happening? This mm-hmm. is not because we were like, oh my god, one in a million. Like, the, how? What are the chances that happens to you? Right. Of, you know, of all people, and like, well, weird. And then all of a sudden, it was just like more people popping up and popping up and popping up. And then we were like, wait a minute, if there's that many people, that can't be one in a million. Yeah, because there'd only be thirty-eight in <laughs> in. Uh, in Canada, and and I forget it's what they got cool. to with their numbers. It was like one in. There's way more than that. <laughs> yeah, I think it's around like one out of every two thousand has something like me. Well, it's funny. I mean, it's like funny whose numbers you go off of because, uh, oh, and now yeah. I'm forgetting the guy. Who's the old guy from YouTube, Doctor? Oh, come on, folks! Now you're really yelling at the old radio here because I can't <laughs> think of his name. I could see him in my in my head, B- British guy, and. Like he gets to like some studies one. Oh, David. Hey. That guy. Like the bald guy. The bald guy, Doctor. David yes. Martin. No, not David Martin. You're thinking <laughs> he's Canadian. Um. No. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's impressive. I'm pretty sure David. Martin. Way to go, Canada. I think so. Okay. Well, now now I gotta now I gotta go look. Now everyone's gonna be like, <laughs> Sean, you're talking out of your ass. Well, maybe. Misinformation. Uh, <laughs> Come on, Sean. Uh, we're close to the United States. Trade, babe. I was looking it up. Where is he from? Come on, folks. You know, there like are somebody, you, somebody you is know? driving along the highway right now, going, "You moron! This is where he's from." <laughs> are you googling old guy on YouTube? <laughs> I should do that. Old guy on YouTube. Old. Whoever it is is going to be super offended by that. <laughs> oh, I just. He just does a, a great job of. David Martin is. Who is he? British? Like, why can't I find? Why can't I find him, folks? I'm gonna get this. Like, you don't understand how many times I'm gonna get texted when this comes out because I won't edit this part out. Like, people are gonna hear this. Doctor John Campbell. Oh my God! I've solved it. Doctor John Campbell. <laughs> oh, man. oh my goodness! That that was almost that was almost here. And just just so you ladies know who the heck I'm talking about, and you're not like. Who is this guy? This guy. Do you know? Do you know who this guy is? Oh yeah. Right. So he got to he got to one in. It was with myocarditis. It was like one in thirty five. One in thirty five in one of the in one of the the studies. Right. It was like two percent. Uh, and that's just one type of it. That's right. right. So when you when, when yeah. and so then then there was um, Asim Maholtra, another guy from um, from Britain. And he had it at one in eight hundred. Had like a severe yes. adverse reaction. That's right. And so you go like, so whose numbers are we going off of, and what data are they getting it from? Because I can sit here and exactly. say, when we're talking like severe reactions, uh, I know people who had, and I can count them on one hand, like uh, like five of them. I mean, sorry, like five that I know personally that had like not as debilitating as you, Kristen, but are like severe reactions. Like we're talking Bell's palsy and like like weird stuff where you're like I don't know is that that's I remember asking this question lots to like doctors so maybe that's normal and they're like yeah this isn't normal Sean I'm like oh right right uh right I mean that was a stupid question right like but that's that's what was happening and that's just my circumstantial evidence where I'm like well I know that one that one that one I interviewed one now I'm interviewing more I'm like so supposedly this is nothing and yet here it is everywhere and we're not going to talk about this like you wonder why the world blew up with the trucker convoy when we're no longer listening to anything no no safe and effective get your seventh booster it's okay it's okay like like they're on the screen you're like what are you talking about 
Yeah. It, it's yeah. really shocking, actually. Yeah, and yeah. scary. No, terrifying. I, yeah, yeah. It's so scary, and the the fact that there's all this information out there, and yet nobody's researching it or nobody's doing anything about it. Like, of course, people don't believe us, mm-hmm. right? Like, nobody is doing anything about it. Well, except, except for the com- the community that knows exactly what you're saying is bang on exactly. true, right? Like everyone's like, yeah. "Oh yeah, I see you." Mm-hmm. 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 Thank God that we had this underground freedom community that came into our lives mm-hmm. because that saved us. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for this large group of people through um, that app, this is my brain not working. <laughs> that app that starts with a T. Telegram. Thank you. (laughs) That's how I work. You did it. If it wasn't for Telegram and like all of these groups of people that were just willing to stand up and talk to each other and be like, hey, like, let's just make sure that we support each other through this. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And we found more support through, you know, these people that we didn't didn't even know way more um, than people we did and know. this injured community that we were just coming to know than we mm-hmm. did through our own like friend groups and stuff right like everything yep. just shifted um and f- and for the best i think i mean my Absolutely. our relationships now are so much more meaningful and so much stronger than they've ever been in our life so it feels like we're in a more comfortable position now even though we've got a lot of stuff going on mm-hmm. it just feels a lot more natural and truthful than it ever did well you cut through you cut through the bullshit real fast right like i i don't Mm -hmm. know i don't know like i i think back to like um conversations i was having back 2018 is when we formed the book club so certainly we were starting to have some conversations back then but you i think back to them like i I don't know like what were we talking about because in today's world you sit the right person across from me and um you can get down to brass tacks in an awful hurry, you know, like oh, yeah. zero to 60 in a couple, you know, two seconds kind of thing. And you're like, holy man, we're yeah. in it. We're in, we're talking about some things, <laughs> we're you know, in it. it gets fiery. Fast. Just real. Yeah. And I wouldn't go back to that falsity, not falsity might not be the right word, but I wouldn't go back to those friendships that couldn't evolve to this level for anything. You know, I wish those people well. I hope that they are doing well in their lives, but I'm okay with not having that type of relationship in my life because there's just no time for it anymore. It's in my nervous system. I say I'm almost like a tuning fork. You can almost tell when I'm around somebody that is just not on the same vibe because my Mm -hmm. shakes get that much more extreme. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that wild? That's a wild thought. Tell me about that. Yeah. What? You're saying if you're around the wrong person, there's a vibe there and your shakes get bad. Absolutely. Yeah. Because she gets really, well, your nervous system reacts too, right? And all her whole injury is based Mm -hmm. on her nervous system. So, so Jamie walks you out in front of everybody and you just be like, nope, not that person, not that person. We're going to that (laughs) one. Right? Like bullshit meter, right? (laughs) This is the bullshit meter. You can just put me there and judge me based on what's Kristen doing. Don't worry about it. We don't need to talk to you anyways. Kristen, keep walking. Hiding in the bathroom. That's what she's doing. <laughs> Kristen, why are you back in the bush? I don't know. I don't like that guy. Oh, okay. I don't know. I just don't like that guy. No, it's My really body funny. just sent me there. Yeah. That's 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 interesting though. Like if mm-hmm. if if if, if, if your injury has has the superpower of being like, 
just not interested in that person. Don't know why, but I'm shaking like a leaf right now. Person is making me feel real bad. Right? <laughs> as as you shake and you got a big giant grin on your face. Totally. Right? And they're like, "Oh, she's doing great." <laughs> you look fine. Visit- you know. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's funny too, because like I was a Chinese medical doctor, right? So I had worked with energy medicine for a really long time. And that gave me a large understanding of people's vibrations. And when you're needling people, you're essentially in their energy field. So I think that I have a a bit of a gift that way for having mm-hmm. been in that field and having an understanding yeah. of it. So it's interesting you say it. that because you were like that before. Yeah, just not it would it, without without, without the physical symptoms, right? Like yeah. you would, yeah, you would be like, I've got to clean this room out and smudge to get the energy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just a different version of that now. Just extreme. When you talk yeah. about uh, needling somebody, like Chinese medicine, uh, why did you pick that? I had had an acupuncturist come into my life in my 20s that helped me not need a surgery. And um, I just thought, well, this is a really amazing person. Like I didn't put it together that it was something that I could do. And then I had gone to university for psychology, left, traveled, and I was traveling in Asia and I knew I wanted to go home and I wanted to get back into medicine. I always thought I would have gone into Western medicine but um it it just didn't appeal to me in the same way and you know i was just actually at an internet cafe like randomly god i miss the internet staff, cafe right? they, were, they were so good mm-hmm. <laughs> oh and you know so romantic something about only having like three pages pop up and you miss out on all of this information <laughs> so i guess it was just kind of fate of what it was like mm-hmm. in the early 2000s you know I just had this information pop up about this acupuncture school and I just thought like I want to do it. The thing about Chinese medicine is it's an aggressive form of natural medicine. So you can treat injuries that are acute and chronic, right? You have your herbal medicine that can be quite strong or like gently supportive. And the same with acupuncture, you know, it's so good to see immediate results when you've got somebody that's dealing with like frozen shoulder, you know, somebody that's been told to, oh, you'll get better in three years frozen shoulder takes a long time and you can get them better in two two you know two sessions like she's looking at me satisfying what and what's yeah. frozen uh, i'm sorry ladies what's frozen i don't actually what's have frozen you know, like a lot of people get it where like they can't elevate their arm right and then like this right so th- these are things that i like having a job where you have that satisfaction yeah Almost like you think like a carpenter builds a house. Like I've always been so fascinated by like, how good does that feel to get this done? And Chinese medicine was like that. Like you have someone with an injury and you can get them better. And then you can also support them in their gentle systems underneath, right? Like support their well-being and help guide them into ways of living a healthier life. Like it was just a beautiful practice and she was yeah. really good at it she I used to treat it. me all the time i actually really miss i was said that yesterday i'm like the worst part about having an injury because my shoulder is injured is that i can't go see Kristen because you were like the one person that could just like magically make all of my my aches and pains better not that there aren't other people out there that can do it but she's the best <laughs> <laughs> 
And she can't work anymore. She can't do treatments and stuff. So yeah, convulsions while you're needling. It's really, it's contraindicated. People don't want that. They don't want that. That's got to be, you know, I don't mean to bring it back to a sad point again, but I mean, that's got to be really yeah. tough. You know, you find something that you, it's you dark. know, I, I, and, and, and the reason I'll, I'll bring it, I've been, I always try and find ways to bring this up about the CRTC and I'm having different conversations with lawyers and, and on and on and on it goes. And maybe, it, maybe it won't affect me. Maybe, maybe it won't. I have no idea. But I look at it and I go like, uh, when when I've watched other people lose what they love, it's interesting to mm-hmm. see how they deal with that. Because you know, all life you're just. Can you imagine? You, I always. My wife's a teacher, and I always am like amazed. I'm like, you just knew from the beginning what you wanted to do. What a yeah. what a blessing to just be like, I want to do this, and I know I do, and away you go. And I, I wanted to play hockey. I got to play hockey, but eventually that came to an end, and I'm like, well, now what? Right? Like, now what? And then I found this, and I'm like, oh, my God, I love this. See, I, I could do yeah. this till I'm 80. Unless the government Absolutely. and Trudeau decide that they don't like what I'm saying, then who knows where we go, right? Right. And um, yeah. that must be difficult, uh, not yeah. being able to do what um, you had a strong gift for. Obviously, Jamie, you know, speaks – if if not everybody thinks that you were the best, she speaks for a portion of the population who saw, certainly thought you were. <laughs> She had a very big clientele and it was like, you were always busy and there was always people waiting to see her. She was a very, very um, well known in the community as a powerful healer, well, healer, healer, whatever. I don't know what you want to call them, but. I really loved it. Yeah. And um, yeah, not healer. I don't not like healer. She doesn't like healer. <laughs> it's so pretentious, right? When like really all you're doing is gifting somebody <laughs> the tools to like fix their own body, you know, like the practitioner is not that involved in it, but losing that is one of those things that I keep in a box because there's so much grief around Mm, it. And so much of my identity was wrapped up in just how, not my identity per se, but my life. Like I loved what I did running down the hill with my coffee cup spilling all over the place in the morning with a big grin on my face, just excited. Always late, five right? minutes late, always, always, always Chronically late. five minutes late, right? <laughs> like I just loved my job. And I always said, I'll never retire because there's always going to be a surfer in Mexico that gets injured and needs a treatment, right? <laughs> like I just imagined myself being that like long gray haired lady being like, oh, I could help your knee, buddy. It's here, okay. come, come here, Matthew McConaughey. We'll, we'll fix you up. <laughs> It sounds so creepy, <laughs> but that's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, the one thing that I find the most frustrating in my life now, as far as being a self-employed Canadian, is like I've been approved by the Vaccine Compensation Board in Canada, right? It took them a long time, but they finally recognized that I have an injury. And they did give me an initial payout that helped cover um, my expenses for the year. Um yeah, for like the, the previous yeah. year that you went into like right? severe debt. Like I had like 50 grand on a credit card, you know, so it like covered that and I got to like replace my son's engine in his car and pay my bills for a few months, you know, and I and I do appreciate that. But now I have $1,300 a month for disability, like so many other people in this country and $1,300 a month doesn't even pay you know, enough to feed your kids. Um, and because I was self-employed and we live in this world in Canada where the self-employed system, as far as taxes, is really tricky, right? We have a mass amount of write-offs, which is great. But because I was starting my career and I had a lot of expenses, my income taxes 
showed a particular amount, I was also the one that was raising my three children. So I'm the one that took Fridays off. I'm the one that had to be done early on Tuesdays to be with my kids. I was the one that was always taking time out of my income so that I could support my family, right? And those were decisions that my husband and I made at that time. And because of that, my financial statement doesn't look very good, right? And so now I'm in the process that I've been dealing with the vaccine board for the last year, trying to figure out what does that income replacement look like? And it's probably going to look at, you know, like, you know, I'm hoping for 30 grand a year. So I have a lot of anger in that because I took a lot of respect in my education. I've always had multiple jobs. I put myself through school with two or three jobs. I was 13 working in cornfields, right? And babysitting and working at Burger King. I feel like as a Canadian, I have like, I've never been on EI. I worked my tail off to be self-sufficient. And now I'm left in a state of poverty mm-hmm. along with like, I'm not saying that as a poor me because there are a significant amount of Canadians that are seniors and disabled that are going through the same thing. Yeah. And I realize that there's nothing special about my situation, but I'm mad. Yeah. I'm angry. Mm-hmm. And you're 45 yes. years old and you right? have a, uh, very large amount of life left. Yeah, and a lot of expenses. I and have three how kids. are you supposed to survive when you can't work? Yeah. And the reason that you can't work is because you signed up for something that you were told by your government to do. Yeah. And then they just left you there without yeah. any help, right? And just said, okay, well, and be- bye. <laughs> because in Canada, vaccine injuries are not recognized in this field of like in the field of specialties. So mm-hmm. I have neurologists and all of these other people, they do not recognize vaccine injury. They they all say that we have something called functional neurological disorder. And that is their like blanket statement for people with neurological issues in this situation. And mm-hmm. even though I have the government documentation saying this is an autoimmune thing, the medical boards that are in charge of these specialized fields are not allowing them to classify my injury as something that would give me the potential for treatment in Canada. So not only am I living on $1,300 a month, which means that my friends and family are supporting me and helping me pay my bills. I'm flying to Mexico to get treatment Mm -hmm. that's available 30 minutes away for people that have arthritis but I can't get it because I have a vaccine injury. Mm -hmm. A functional neurological disorder vaccine injury that doesn't qualify for any of the treatments that have been proven to help her. Yeah. Right? Like. It doesn't make any sense. It's messed up. Yeah. I'm a loss for words because I'm just like, I didn't even. (sighs) Canada, 2023. Like, am I right? Like, I just, I I hear that and I'm like, oh man, just another one. And like, so you're flying to Mexico to get treatment right now. And I guess from 2021 till now, how much have you improved? Like, has it been, honestly, I think you look really good right now. Now I understand you're drugged up and everything else, but I'm like, I mean, (laughs) whatever you're doing, you, you look awesome. You sound, your, 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 your speech is like, honestly, I think pretty impeccable, you know, um, what have you been doing? Has it been working? Is there a success story there? 
And then, Absolutely. and then, how much money has it been taking to do it? I have worked with the long COVID um, group in the states that had the courage to work the vaccine injuries. So I did a very expensive but heavy protocol of HIV drugs. Um, now, is the group the same is, is it your hockey? Yeah, player. so it's the FLCCC, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. yeah, Pierre yeah. Corey in that yeah. group. Yes, yes. absolutely. Yeah. So I got a lot of success with that. Um, I have good friends that are acupuncturists, right? So when I was injured, all of my colleagues were taking turns and I was getting treatments every day. Every day. So coming to her house every day. I had a treatment room in my house for a couple days a week. And so I had the gift of having people continuously there to help me. So those things have made a remarkable difference. I do think that HIV drug made a massive difference, but I've also spent $50,000 on stem cells. And that's the kicker. Like the stem cells mm -hmm. are definitely what has caused the most recovery. In the beginning, I had so much atrophy that my muscles were just starting to fall off my body. It was really weird. It was like, I'm going to say gross, but yeah. I don't mean you're no, gross. But like, you're beautiful. Like a rapid ALS <laughs> decline, right? Yeah. Her her skin was just like going inward, like sinking into her body. Like the atrophy was yeah. just, and like within days. Yeah, it was gross. It, it was, was gross. so weird. And yeah. you know, we yoga and CrossFit and hiking like, oh, all yoga. the time, right? So to see her just, her body just like deteriorate within a couple of days was very bizarre and not normal. No. Um, but yeah, that the stem cells fix that. Yeah, that's the game changer. And it is a treatment that I will have to continue to get because even though I'm getting better, there are pieces that are chronically degenerate. So I was playing cards with Jamie's daughter. I was playing Uno. I couldn't use my right arm. Like that's something that's new. If I like, usually I get to about four o'clock in the evening and then I have to go to bed and sometimes I can't use my right leg right? Those are new things. So I'll have to continually get these treatments to work on that stuff so that I don't just degenerate. But I will, I am here to fight, right? Like yeah. I'm going to do that. I'm lucky enough. I have the knowledge that I know what those treatments are and that I am willing to do whatever it takes for it. Right. And I have these credit cards from like a previous reno with a very high limit. That's helpful. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it is what it is. Yeah. Right. And we just get through each day. Right. I mean, we went, I took her to, uh, we went to the post office yesterday in the grocery store and, uh, you know, it was a big day. There was a big, was a and big I tell day you what, us. on this side uh, with three young ones, Walmart's a big day, you know, like when you just get like, Oh, I, I know. Well, all I mean, all I mean is when you have no children and it's you and the wife, you're like, you just go wander a store. And Walmart right? seems to be like, I don't know, let's just go like wander somewhere where it's a big giant store and you can just go look at things and, and then just leave totally. and not have three kids like driving you up the wall in a store yes. grabbing things. Yes. I have a rule in my life that I don't take my toddler to a grocery store. Hmm. I can't do it. I would rather wait until my husband's home from work and go by myself or drop Oh no, off Jamie, you gotta you gotta do it. So then you can be like the next I time you go, you're like, Oh my god, this is amazing. Yeah. So much I, better. I've done it and I've regretted it every time and now I don't take him anymore. Those early but, years are so hard. But for Kristen, like she going out in public is a really big deal, right? Like she has to put on noise canceling headphones and she has to really like put her head down basically because people walking by cause her symptoms, right? Motion, Hallways, light. lights. Yeah. Like if, yeah, hallway, you should see her walk through a tunnel. But anyway... <laughs> 
I got I got lost. I lost her for a minute. I left her somewhere and I was getting something and she went somewhere else. And I was like, oh, God, I don't know where she is. And I'm wandering around the grocery store trying to find her. And uh, you were just like, she had her basket and she was just like hunkered down, kind of bouncing and just like staring at the floor. And I'm like, time to go. <laughs> right. And that was like 15 minutes, maybe. So I try to medicate myself for stuff like that, right? Yeah. But it's unfortunate yeah. that to even go to the grocery store and pick up a couple of snacks for your kids, like she has yeah. to take medication. Because right? then the next day you have to recover from the medication, right? Yeah. So every time you choose to make the choice to take the medication, you then have to recover. From so it. you took it but, tomorrow and you have to recover from the Sean Newman podcast. Well, folks, absolutely. that's probably true of a but lot of guests. You know, they come on, right? they, they, they kind of well, recoup. That's the rumor. <laughs> Rumor I'll be recovering in different ways. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about uh, the Invisible Fences uh, mm -hmm. documentary. Um, I've seen the preview multiple times, right? I don't think you can. I just I don't know how you can watch that and go like anything else of like holy shit. I don't know if I'm like what am I going to need a, a giant Kleenex box beside me for this entire thing? Like I mean the, the five minutes of it is is almost enough you know i i, I you yeah, know what i mean like i mean it in the best yeah. possible sense because i'm just mm -hmm. like that's heavy okay um in saying that it looks like it um when finished and, and i'm hoping you can provide a whole bunch of details to me that i don't know and so i'm just going to let's talk about invisible fences let's talk about wh where is it at is it you just tell me Jamie, where is it at? You'll be, you'll be happy to know, Sean, that I'm in the process of creating a new trailer, an updated trailer that is not as intense. I think the first trailer is <laughs> unreal. It just I know, but with like other clips of different pieces of what we've, sure. we've done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, where it's at right now is we have run out of funding. Um, so we are, I'm, do, I'm in post-production now. We, um, we've got two plus years of footage that I am piecing together and I am hoping that we can create either like a part one of a series or it's just going to be what it is with what we have. I, it'll unravel as I continue with it, but um, we have a few more bits of film we're going to do locally that now that I'm in the post-production process, we've kind of found some pieces we want to bring in. So we are, we actually just had a meeting yesterday. Um, so we're going to uh, set that up and yeah, I'm just in post-production mode, which is um, editing and it's slow and it's tedious and I have screaming children at home. So it basically depends on, you know, how, how much they take me away from my time <laughs> <laughs> to get the film done. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm busy working on post-production that's where I'm at. So regardless of whether we get more funding and continue to do, um, uh, more filming, which is what we want to do, um, there will be something complete, uh, I don't know when, but hopefully in, in the next in two, the next three months, yeah. I'm guessing. Well, we've got some good interviews with other injured yeah. and like the goal is really to celebrate the community that has come together through this mm -hmm. and the friendships that have come out of it. And, mm -hmm. um, and you just know. to show people our experience, right? Yeah. Like, I think it's really easy to dismiss this kind of injury if you don't know anything about it. And there really isn't a documentary out there that we've seen or that I know of that just hones in on the, the injury itself without bringing in all this other stuff. Like, yes, there's all this other stuff that's gone on. We have lots of things to say about that. 
um, and we will bring in small people. But we want to focus on this injury is real. Kristen is real. What's happened to her in her life is real. The lack of health care is real. And um, we really need to come together as humans to acknowledge this and try to get them some support. Well, then let's let's do this. Let's do the crude master final question. And, and we can go for we don't have to like stop here. I just mean that it kind of leads me into um, where I hope. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what uh, what folks have thought up until this point. I don't try and tell them what to think. But the crude master final question is, so what is next for you ladies? And then is there a way that we can help uh, or they can help, you know, because when I hear lack of funding, I'm like, okay, so obviously if there's a way to donate, that might be something. Um, but, you know, like the other thing is like, I don't know, like what happens if somebody's listening to this and is like, oh, well, listen, I, I own a video company. I could I could donate, you know. I, I just think of small town Saskatchewan, Alberta. It's like. Well, we don't deal in money. We deal in barter. So, you know, like, yeah. you know, we'll just come down and film everything for you. And here's all the video footage and you just deal with it. I, I have no idea. I'm just yeah. spitballing like you wouldn't believe. But I sit here and I we go, I, I hear it and I go, okay, so what's next for the ladies? And is there anything you're like, it'd be great if A, B, C, D? Yeah, we are absolutely 100% open to any and all help. And yes, donations are welcome. We have a website. It is uh, invisiblefencesfilm.com. Uh, all the options for donations are listed on the site, so you can check them out there. Uh, we also have Instagram and Facebook at Invisible Fences Film, where you can follow our updates and stuff there. Uh, what was the other question? <laughs> what's what's, what's next? next? Um, what's next is we are going to start our own podcast, Sean. Are you? Yeah. Want to be on it? Sure. Want to be a guest? Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, we've we've decided that through all of this, that um, regardless of where Invisible Fences goes, regardless of where Invisible Fences goes, there will be something complete uh, on that note. Whether it continues from there or not, we're not sure. That depends. Uh, but in the meantime, we still want to talk about what we're what we're doing, and we want to be actively involved in the community of of not just vaccine injuries, but invisible in illnesses in general and what people are going through um, that need support that don't have it, right? And so we're going to launch an Invisible Fences podcast. So we're in the process of getting that together. Cool. Well, you keep me posted on that because, I mean, I mean, I'm, I mean, if you want me to come uh, discuss any, you know I, I don't have any invitation. I mean, people think I'm crazy. I'm, certainly, that might be an invisible illness. But other than that, I feel like, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know if I got any invisible Ill illnesses other than that. Uh, certainly, uh, I've been very fortunate. But uh, to hop on your side, uh, gladly. And if I don't get the call, that's totally fine, too. It's not the end of the world uh, from my standpoint or from my point of view. Um, when the new trailer gets released, you make sure you, you send it to me because we can share that out as well. Um but uh, that would be great. when when I think about the Invisible Fences film and like I've seen the the, uh, the once again the five minute trailer and I'm like oh man uh, you know like I've been wondering when is it going to come out because I'm like you know like it's not like I watched the five minutes I go that looks like it's kind of crappy I go like oh I kind of wonder how that story and all the behind scenes footage and what yeah. they're doing with it so um, Jamie you mentioned your um, editing at all. Is that so? Obviously, that's just time consuming. I, I, I don't. I haven't talked to anyone who doesn't work in any of this part of the industry. The editing sucks. It's like 
I mean, unless you really love it, even then it sucks because it's just so time consuming and you got to be detailed and blah, blah, blah. Is there anything else you need funding for? Because that's just time and editing because you have everything and you're just slowly working through it. Is there like, no, we actually need X. Yeah, there's a couple interviews that we really wanted to do. Like a lot of our funding budget went to what we needed to get a new camera mm -hmm. and then went to traveling, mm -hmm. right? To yeah. Utah to visit Bree and some of the other injured mm -hmm. and some people in that community. And when we went to Mexico, a lot of the funding went to that. Mm -hmm. And the post-production of getting a couple other people on board that mm -hmm. have experience with wrapping up documentaries, mm -hmm. you know, it costs money. Yeah, and so, and support with the filming, right? Mm -hmm. I I'm filming some of it, and I can't also be part of of this side with Kristen and be behind the camera. So we have to hire people to follow us, and that's also expensive. So um, there's lots of different pieces of it that we are, you know, unfortunately not able to do. But we are working. We're we're creating some workarounds, um, but there are definitely like there are stories all over the place that are super interesting that we would love to continue to tell. We would love to go and and interview some of these other people that we have really strong relationships with, um, and whether or not we can do that, whether or not there's enough of an audience to you know want to support us doing that, we we're not sure, right? So. Um, but we're definitely going to complete this portion of it and where it goes from there. We'll just see, mm -hmm. you know, we'll see how the reaction, uh, to it is and where that leads us. Oh, cool. Well, I, I, I just go, if I can make it as clear for the audience as possible, cause you never know what's sitting out there. I keep telling them, you yeah. know, when it comes to CRTC, if there's any geniuses out there that know how to really like work over the internet, I'm your man. Yes. Just text me because I right. really like to know how to break the internet in half. So I don't have to really worry about any of this. Um, and yes. I know somewhere out there that person is sitting there, and they've probably already texted me like three times, like, Sean, I've been texting you for the last, like, five episodes. <laughs> and I am just keep talking about it. But uh, when it comes to your world and documentaries, I, I, I can safely say I know Jack Squat. Um, but that doesn't mean that somebody else out there isn't listening to that going, oh, yeah, maybe I should. And maybe they just need a little push. Or maybe they just need a little, right. uh, like, a clear direction. Oh, that's what they need. Yeah, I might be able to. I have no idea. Maybe it's not there on this one. But uh, certainly to, to enlist the audience, you just never know. The amount of connections yes. is insane. You never know. Yeah. And somebody might know of a grant that's available yes. that we haven't heard of, right? Things yeah. like that that are just not in our realm of daily existence because mm -hmm. this isn't... The only thing is, Kristen, you might have to there. identify as a man in order to get said grant, you know? Oh, or... oh no, we thought about that. We have a running joke. Oh, there's a running joke. Yeah. Yeah, just to get healthcare, right? You know, I'm willing to do what it takes. <laughs> Oh goodness! Um, well, th you know the state of the state of Canada right now. You know, I just you just sometimes you just gotta laugh. You gotta throw a little humor in here, you know. And you ladies yeah. seem to do that. Um, well, I think it's it's contagious. So thank you for hopping on and doing this <laughs> and uh, dealing. You know, like uh, we were supposed to do this. I think it was like two months ago, and then it just didn't work out. So and, long, yeah. and then I I was like, yeah, let's uh, let's go today. And then Jamie's like, it's not today, is it? And I'm like, I think. No, that's no, that's no, it I can't read. It's the next day, you know, and uh, so it's been an interesting ride here. But you ever make it out to Alberta, ladies? You make sure you let me know, okay? Oh, we will. We have yeah. a friend out it's there. Really good to see you. Did, you. did you say Lloyd Minster? Lloyd Minster. Is that where you're... Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have a friend out there. Anyway. Well, thanks again for doing this, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing the new trailer and hopefully a completed documentary in the near future. Hopefully, early 2024. Yes. That'd be great. 
Yes. That would be great. That would be can great. Can you tell my kids that? <laughs> I certainly can. Kids! Leave mommy alone. <laughs> Thanks, ladies. <laughs> Thank so you so much you. for having us, Sean. All right, folks. That's uh, Jamie and Kristen. That's... um. Uh, I'll put in the show notes the um, the trailer so you can go and see. And I, well, it's at the end of the podcast. So you're not Sean either. Watch or you didn't. If you haven't watched it yet, go in the show notes. That way you can click on it and and uh, and see exactly what they're talking about and the documentary they've been going on. And you'll get a feel. I I, I should put this. I'll probably put this at the start as well. I'll probably talk about it in the intro. But like, uh, really, you should go watch it before you listen to this entire interview because it gives a real good picture of what they're talking about. We've been talking about Substack Patreon here now for quite some time. I finally released a video on Substack. I think it's just everything's leaning Substack, folks. And I think what's going to be happening here, unless I have something monumental happen, is we're going to slowly close out Patreon. Everything's going to move over to Substack, and we're going to try and centralize a couple things. Uh, even though I'm against centralization, I think uh, when it comes to the podcast, I'm just trying to get things so that I can bear with it and uh, carry it on. So I think that's where we're going. Um, by all means, chime in, shoot me a text on the uh, on the, on the phone. And if you have a favorite part of this interview, remember always to uh, shoot it to me in a text. Just timestamp it. When you find something, you're like, man, that was really powerful. I really enjoyed that. Timestamp uh, that uh, when you heard it on the podcast, text it to me, and we'll see if we can't get it out on social media. Okay, that'll do it for today. We will catch up to you on the next one.